This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I think it's a really good, healthy thing in life to be reminded of our limits. It is really good to have an experience that makes you go, whoa, I thought I was this. I thought I could do this. I thought I was all about this. And it turns out I can't do that. I'm not all about that. I'm not that guy. It's good to have humbling experiences every once in a while. See, yesterday, watching football, humbling experience might not be the right word. A sobering experience, a good reminder, certainly, Because I tell you what, I really don't have much of an interest in watching the Browns and the Bears play a really ugly game. I don't really care who wins between Will Levis and Case Keenum, Texas Titans. The Dolphins beat the Jets 30 to nothing. Did the Jets have, I didn't check the final box score, did they have 50 yards among them through four quarters of that game? The Chiefs beat the Patriots 27-17, that's Bailey Zappi. Giant Saints, right? Derek Carr versus Tommy DeVito. I could keep going, by the way. The Niners smashed the Cardinals 45-29. The one game I was really excited to watch, Bills-Cowboys, that wasn't a game. And then Ravens-Jaguars last night, I guess it was close-ish. And the two teams are both important, but it wasn't a good game. It, it was a good reminder for me yesterday that, yes, I like sports. And that, yes, I like football. But I am I, I am not in the 1% of football guys. Like, I I will have a Sunday where I go, this isn't doing it for me. And I'm going to pay attention and and see the scores and the games that I need to see. But I'm not going to dedicate 12 hours of my life to some of these crummy guys. I'm I'm not that guy. I can't be. I'm not the guy that can watch Mac on Tuesday nights. I, I love football. I love a little bit of bad football. But there are some people on this planet who's like, even the worst football game in the world. I love it. It's crack. Not me. No, I'd. I'd rather I'd rather do anything else than watch a terrible football game. There's a lot of bad football on yesterday, and for some, uh, bad football is is still great. For me, eh, I have my limits. So I watched the Packers yesterday, and I watched a little bit of the three o'clock game, Cowboys Bills. Although there wasn't much to watch, and then I had the Sunday night game on last night. But other than that, it was a lot of red zone. It was a lot of watching the highlights. It was man, there's a lot of bad football on this week. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had a great weekend. The Packers lost yesterday, and that's a bummer for their playoff chances. Depending on your point of view of this team, it could be a bummer for the way that you view this team in 2023. Maybe some of you are coming to the realization like, oh, this team isn't as good as maybe I was hoping. My hopes and dreams for this team being dashed a little bit. We'll try to talk about what this game means for our perception of the 2023 Packers in just a couple of minutes. I don't think any of us other than maybe Vagabond John have a sky high perception of Joe Barry. But if you did have a really high perception and a really high opinion of Joe Barry, maybe that came down to earth. Yes, there's a lot of coming down to earth yesterday in the NFL, especially for our Packers. They lost to the Bucks 34 to 20. We'll talk about Joe Barry and that defensive performance. The Bucks had an awesome weekend. Maybe you weren't paying attention. I was at the Bucks game on Saturday night, had a had an absolute ball. And, And and I know it wasn't competitive. There were scrubs playing in the fourth quarter. I don't care. 
this Bucks team has really struggled to put away bad teams and to run away with games this year. I'll take it. Giannis had his kids on the bench. I had plenty of time to go get more drinks. It was great. So I had a blast Saturday night at the Bucks game. I watched a little bit of the game against the Rockets waiting for that Sunday night game to start last night. That was a great game as well. So a really good weekend for the Bucks. That's a little bit of a footnote compared to the Packers, and we're going to spend our whole two hours talking about the Packers tonight. I'll start taking your calls here after the first break. 608-321-1670. I like to move a little faster on these reaction shows, right, when we're reacting to a game. Like, I'm not going to cut you off. I don't have a stopwatch here, right? I take calls on Mondays. I'm like, I know we're on a clock. Not really. Just maybe cut out some of the small talk today, be a little bit more efficient so we can get as many uh, as many different calls and as many different reactions to a really frustrating game. And I bet the people are going to be fired up, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from you all today. Let's start big picture, because as much as I want to talk about what Jordan Love did yesterday, and as much as I want to talk about Joe Barry and the future of this Packers defense and how we can ever build a defense that doesn't suck because I just, I want a defense that's not crummy. The Packers defense is a laughing stock and I want to get to a point where they're not. And I want to talk about that, but because yesterday was a de facto playoff game, I think with a win, their playoff odds were like 80% and with a loss, they moved down to sub 30, right? This is a season shifting loss. This is a perception changing loss. So I want to start big picture before we talk about some of the dirty details. I have been saying all season, in many different words, wait, hold on, be patient. There's a lot of season left, which is another way of saying there's a lot of sample left. If we're trying to figure out what Jordan Love is, we're trying to figure out what these young wide receivers are. We're trying to decide Matt LaFleur now separate from Aaron Rodgers. Is he good? Is he bad? Is he indifferent? A lot of sample. Just just wait. Remember telling you, wait till Halloween. Wait till Thanksgiving. Let's just wait. We got all of December. We got six games left. Jordan Love can't play his whole season at once. So I know we want to draw these big sweeping judgments from a really good game, a really bad game. Just wait, hold on. And there's so many young guys. The team looked different week one compared to week six, compared to week 10. Just sit back and watch. And as we get towards the end of the year, the full picture will come into focus. If you're wondering, well, should they draft a quarterback? Should they do, should they do this? Should we extend love? Just wait. More will be revealed in time. As Ebo always says in the morning show, more will be revealed. The full picture is going to come into focus by the end of the year. Now, there's still a little bit of season left, and things could happen over the next couple of weeks that maybe make make us feel way differently about this guy or that guy. But I'd like to think we're getting pretty close to the end of the season, and I'd like to think that the picture is 75 to 85% painted to do a very Bill Simmons thing. I feel like we're 83% there. We're getting very close to having a pretty good idea of this team, right? We got a lot of data points this season to go over so far. So let's do our best to organize this season a little bit and decide what yesterday's loss means and how we're going to view the season up through this point, through week 15, through 14 games in 15 weeks. I want to throw out week one against Chicago because in my opinion, that game is not representative of anything that matters moving forward. It was really fun and funny that the Packers beat the Bears after they were talking all that smack and Jordan Love threw three touchdowns. It was really funny. But I don't think that game gives us anything substantive to build on moving forward. The Bears look very different. The Packers have gone through many ups and downs. Throw out week one. It doesn't matter for the purpose of this conversation. Go watch the highlights. It's fun. It matters because it's fun. But for the purposes of this conversation and judging this season, week one doesn't matter. Throw it out. Next, and this is a very Colin Cowherd thing, I want to throw out the best, and I want to throw out the worst. 
right? Colin Cowherd always does this on his show. I think it's reasonable. If you're a realtor, take out your best year and your worst year and look at everything else. That kind of tells the story of, of how good a realtor is or a car salesman, right? Take out your best year. Take out your worst year. Let's look at everything else. So I want to throw out the best and the worst games of this Packers season. And lucky for us, the worst games came in succession and the best games came in succession. I want to throw out the Detroit game, the Las Vegas game, and the Denver game. I'm not going to throw out the Minnesota game. The Minnesota game was ugly, but I don't want to throw it out. I want to throw out Detroit, Las Vegas, and Denver. Those were three in a row. And I want to throw out their best games, I believe, to be the Kansas City and the Detroit game. I don't include the Chargers game in there. So there's five games I want to throw out. Every team in the NFL, no matter how good or how bad, every team has a peak and every team has a valley. Now, this is a pretty high peak for a young team, and we weren't really sure how good they were going to be. Like, they beat Patrick Mahomes and, and the divisional rival Lions in, in two weeks. That's great. So celebrate that. Enjoy it. But I want to throw it out. And we do need to recognize that losing the way they did to Detroit, losing the way they did to Vegas and Denver, that's as low of a floor as anybody in the league will have this year. But that's fine. Maybe save for the Panthers. Throw it out. Throw out the best and throw out the worst. So I want to throw out five games, or I guess six games when you count week one against the Bears. That leaves us with Atlanta. New Orleans, Minnesota, the Los Angeles Rams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Chargers, the Giants, and yesterday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the sample I want to look at. Does anyone think that's unfair? Does anyone think that's unreasonable? I want to take out the very, very best, and I want to take out the very, very worst, and I want to take out week one because week one is so fluky. The Packers and Jordan Love look so much different. They've gone through so much since week one. The Bears are a completely different team. Throw out week one, throw out the best stretch of games, throw out the worst stretch of games. I want to look at everything else because I think that's the body of work that really tells us the story of this team. Week two against Atlanta. If week two against Atlanta happened in week one, I actually think we'd view that game pretty positively. Go back and think about it. For a game without Aaron Jones, I thought the offense was creative flowed they moved the ball up and down the field now they had a little bit of a hiccup with the field goal unit in the first half maybe left some points on the board okay and the defense gave up a ton of yards on the ground okay but I think by and large a positive even in a loss that would be a positive game for a year one team with a year one quarterback and a ton of youth the next week let's talk about New Orleans that would, if we're throwing out week one, that would be the team's first nice moment. They struggled, they labored, they toiled for three full quarters and then got hot at the end and Jordan Love found something with Romeo Dobbs and some of his other weapons, right? So week two, week three, they won one, they lost one. Both games had some excitement. Both games had some frustration. Oh, okay, that sounds like a young rebuilding team. We're not quite sure about what they are. So we're going to skip Detroit, Las Vegas, and Denver. Those are some of the bad games I want to throw out. Let's talk about Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, experienced, veteran, can run an offense without question. Minnesota can get lined up in the right spots without question. The Packers struggling against a really good defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. He's really getting his flowers this year. With the exception of that fourth quarter against the Bengals on Saturday, he's been exceptional. The Minnesota game was ugly. It was to a divisional rival that's better and more experienced. I could understand why the Packers would lose that game in their situation this year. The next week against Brett Rippon, the Rams. I don't want to throw that game out. A win, but celebrating really for only because they won. Okay, so we're splitting. So we split the first pair of games we're talking about. We're now splitting the second game, uh, the second pair of games that we're talking about. So one and one, Atlanta, New Orleans. One and one, Minnesota and the Rams. Let's go to the next two games. 
Pittsburgh, Los Angeles Chargers in back-to-back weeks. They lose to Pittsburgh 23-19, but I think we all remember that game as the game where it seems like we leveled up a little bit. seems like we took a step. Lost against a a, a well-coached team at home, Pittsburgh. Great pass rush. Uh, uh, a veteran team that's really disciplined and really, maybe not a veteran team, but a disciplined team under Mike Tomlin that's coached really well, and, and they gave up a ton of yards on the ground. Okay. That seems like a way that the Packers would lose, but taking steps in the right direction. The next week against the Chargers, it all starts to come together. A lot of the good things from the Pittsburgh game, but you get a little good luck on defense, some drops, and you win. So we've now talked about six games, one and one between New Atlanta and New Orleans, one and one against Minnesota and Los Angeles, and one and one against Pittsburgh and the Chargers. And with every pair of games that I'm referencing, they're getting a little bit better and a little bit more promising. Now, the last pair of games, the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is where the trend is reversed, right? They don't look better than they did against Pittsburgh and the Chargers. I don't know that they look better than they did against Minnesota and the Rams. I think pretty similar. They're going backwards a little bit. I would wager that it's a little bit of regression from Jordan Love. He cooled off after a hot streak, after his, his pinnacle of the season, after his best couple of games. We threw those games out because I don't want to judge a season on, on the best stretch of games or the worst stretch of games. The last two games, I think Jordan Love ha- has taken a little bit of a step back from where he was against Detroit and Kansas City, but he did enough to take him down the field against the Giants. Defense gives it up. And I thought yesterday against Tampa Bay, with the exception of a throw or two that didn't really kill them, And I'm thinking about the missed touchdown in the first quarter. Matt LaFleur wise to go for it right there. They don't pick it up. The defense makes a play because they're inside the five-yard line. That's a great spot to be in as a defense. Matt LaFleur kind of put them in that spot with his decision-making. And then they end up getting the touchdown anyway. So one of those misses, didn't it didn't harm them. Obviously, you don't want to miss throws. But then Jordan Love makes up for that missed throw by throwing a dart to Jaden Reed later on in the game. Maybe his best throw of the year rolling to his right. And a throw that a week ago against the Giants... He wasn't making. He was putting too much air under that throw, so his wide receiver, Jaden Reed, was running out of room. He adjusts a little bit yesterday, makes a better throw, except his defense absolutely melts down. Can't get off the field. I mean, it was a fire drill on defense yesterday. They couldn't get off the field. So the games that I just summarized to you, Atlanta, New Orleans, Minnesota, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh and Los Angeles, the Chargers, New York and Tampa Bay. They're a little bit under 500 through those games, but that profile, that collection of games, that collection of data is exactly what you would expect from a team that is the youngest offense in the NFL, a first-time starter at head coach, a, a, a head co- or a first-time starter at quarterback, a head coach that's basically starting over as a head coach because all he's ever known was working with Aaron Rodgers, which its own sets of challenges and obviously luxuries. Now the job is very different. Those games fit the profile perfectly of of what you'd expect from a team like this. Now, they bottomed out against Detroit, Vegas, and Denver. They fought back, and they had a really nice peak against Kansas City and Detroit. So you have a very average, with excitement sprinkled in, kind of baseline. That's, That's your foundation, this team. You have a really bad stretch, you have a really good stretch, and you had a really fun game in week one that that maybe kind of skewed our expectations a little bit. I'm not excusing what the Packers have done the last two games. It's not acceptable, and I want to talk about their defense and talk about kind of what's going on with their offense and Jordan Love. I'm not excusing the last two weeks as unacceptable. They were 6-6 six and six with a really, really smoothly paved road towards the playoffs. But the point that I'm trying to prove to you, take out the best stretch, take out the worst stretch, take out week one because I don't think it matters. What's remaining is the nuts and bolts. It is the season 
with a profile that actually makes a ton of sense for where this roster is, especially considering that Jair has been hurt. We don't really know much about what's going on there. David Bakhtiari has missed the whole year. Aaron Jones has missed the whole year. And then when he comes back, that's when A.J. Dillon gets hurt. So instead of having this thunder and lightning backfield, this season has been thunder or lightning. You've only had one at a time. They don't have a 1,000-yard receiver. They have yet to have a 1,000-yard or a 100-yard rusher. And the profile still makes sense. It's actually still pretty good. This season, like, I know everyone's freaking out today. I'm going to try to spread some positivity to start the show. We're probably going to be negative from here on out. But what I'm trying to communicate to you is I I think when you take out the best, you take out the worst, and you take out week one because I don't think it matters, the season makes sense. Now, I would have liked for them to hold on against New York, or I would have liked them to beat Tampa, but them's the breaks. Think back to 2008. The offense couldn't uh, always do enough to win games and overcome a defense that was really bad. And, you know, we can talk about why this defense is really bad. I do think there are multiple reasons. I don't think it's just Joe Barry. But this looks a lot like 2008. Now, we got the excitement of those wins against Kansas City and Detroit. My God, that was fun. And we really had some frustrating weeks earlier on in the year. But when you take out the peaks and the valleys, we've actually seen a season that makes a ton of sense given where this team is. I want to talk about Joe Barry because I <laughs> this defense is bottomed out to the point now where they can't compete against Baker Mayfield and the Bucks at home. The, the defense did not give the offense a shot to win yesterday. The offense could have done a little bit more. Sure, a possession here or a possession there. They could have been a little bit better. But it was a non-competitive game yesterday because of the defense. And that is a problem. That's something that needs to be addressed. That can't be the case. The situation can't be the same going into next year. So let's talk about that. Why Baker Mayfield had a career day. Why everyone is mad at Joe Perry, And what we should do about it. So let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I am also really mad about the Packers defense and about Joe Barry. I don't think he's a good defensive coordinator. I don't think he's what's best for the Packers moving forward. I would also like to see him replaced. But I wanted to start the show a little bit differently and just talk about the big picture because we've been banging on Joe Barry 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. this morning. I was listening to Evo's show, the Bill Michael show this afternoon. Like, you get the point, okay? He sucks and no one likes him. Do you need me? Do you need me to listen? You need to listen to me yell about it for 15 minutes. Okay, I think we got it. Um, I, I do want to talk about it. Don't get me wrong. It's we're not uh, we're not avoiding talking about Joe Barry for the next two hours. But if you're just joining the show, basically what I was doing today is I was looking at the Packers schedule because now they're at a very disappointing six and eight. They were six and six with a great path, a very smooth path towards the playoffs if they could beat some bad teams. And now they've lost to two teams. The Giants are bad. Man, the Bucks got some good players. And they have an actual defensive coordinator who can scheme things up. Isn't that uh, amazing? And the Packers are hurt, right? They're struggling without Christian Watson to create as consistently as they were when they got really hot against Kansas City and against Detroit. They still don't have Bakhtiari. They still don't have Jair. They still only have one running back. And the way that this Packers backfield is set up, if you don't have one, you basically don't have any because it's thunder and lightning, and they're designed to work together. And instead, what we've got this year is thunder or lightning. So we haven't. We're getting the worst of both worlds instead of the best of both worlds. They're just shorthanded, right? And injuries play a real role on this team too. 
Um, so I know you're frustrated. You're frustrated about the defense. You're frustrated that we went from six and six on top of the world to now six and eight on the outside looking in. I get it. But the point of the first 15 minutes of the show was to just basically to do this. Throw out a couple of games. Throw out the Bears game in week one because I don't think it really means anything moving forward. It was a fun week one, but I don't think it's instructive at all. Throw out the stretch of worst games. Throw out Denver, Las Vegas, and Detroit. And throw out the best games, the best wins, Kansas City and Detroit, the second Detroit game. Get rid of the best, get rid of the worst, look at everything else. And the list of games that we're left with, Atlanta, New Orleans, Minnesota, the Rams, Pittsburgh, the Chargers, the Giants, and the Bucks. Look at those results, look at those scores. It's actually basically what you'd expect from a team with a, a first-year starting head quarterback, a defense that, I mean, at this point of the season, it's not surprising that they're, they're playing the way that they are. A lot of youth, the youngest offense in NFL history, a head coach that's trying to figure it out on the fly as he completely changes his coaching philosophies. I'm not surprised that we're here, but our expectations have been jacked this way and that way and up and down and left and right. We, we, we don't know what to think. So get rid of all the noise. Get rid of all of the, the flash and get rid of all the fire and brimstone of the best and the good and the bad games. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is this season is gone. Probably how you'd expect a season like this to go for a team like this. I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to make you see why this is maybe going down the way that it's gone down. Does that make sense? I'm working through my thoughts on the air, so bear with me. 608-321-1670. Let's take some calls. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hey, Grant, this is Cone. Oh, Cone, how are you today? I'm great. And kind of before we get things started, want to, you know, Badger basketball community, you know, Walt McGreary over the weekend passed away. So rest in peace to him, thinking about his family. And, you know, during this holiday season, really, Count your blessings and, and be grateful. Yeah, that was um I don't I, I saw someone tweet that out today. I don't know when that officially became public. That's really sad. I, we hadn't really yeah. heard much about him. I didn't know that it was we knew that he he lost his leg, correct? Um yeah, within the last year like, or so. Yeah. Yeah, I think in April and then in like early November, Greg Gard opened a press conference just saying like, you know, send him your thoughts and prayers. He's he's not doing well. So that sucks. Yeah, it's just Sucks. That's really sad. It. Thank you. Thank you. I should have mentioned that already. Thank you. As a show that talks a lot about Wisconsin basketball. That's that's a bummer. That's really sad. But I like your analogy with, you know, I, I agree with you and like the school of Colin Coward thinking that, you know, you got to throw out your best and worst. And that's what we know what you really are. I think you're throwing out a lot of games, though, to that. sentiment. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I think what we saw the last two weeks is a lot closer to what this team is than what we saw against Kansas City and, and Detroit. But that's just for now. We're, we have a bad roster. We're mm-hmm. injured. But at least it's promising. It's not like the 2017 roster that was just dog crap with no future. We at least have some building blocks. We have some guys. So. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not too worried about this team, you know, for the next two, three years. I'm not either. I think the roster is in, in a really exciting place. And, and Cone, you know, for all the injuries that they've suffered offensively, they've been able to go next guy up and still be pretty darn successful. Like at the end of the game yesterday, the bottom started to drop out because Jaden Reed's got a toe and Dontavian Wicks is literally fighting through a high ankle sprain. So at the end, it was like Bo Melton and Josiah DeGuar. At the end, you throw that out. But, you know, a lot of Tucker Craft. After Luke Musgraves got hurt, he's been great. Dontavian Wicks has been awesome. Um, even Malik Heath in, in limited sample size has been really good. So even though Watson's been hurt and they've lost guys, even the next wave, all of these young guys that they've built up into this offense have really, really impressed, even with the injuries. So I, I'm with you. There's a lot of optimism. they got to rebuild the defense. 
but they have some really nice foundational starting blocks on offense, and that's really exciting. Yeah, Wicks just seems like he's a stud, and, and you and the callers have been saying it all year, so credit to us, but, man, he looks Damn like he straight. could be a ver- and Credit with Joe Barry, um, LaFleur in his press conference said it kind of all comes down to communication. And that that's honestly unacceptable. It, this unit has been together, what, three years with Joe Barry and Matt yeah. LaFleur, and you're still struggling with communication. That's, that's kind of a cop-out answer to me. And with that, I wonder if we see Joe Barry step down from the booth and get his butt on the field again. We got to do something, Right. You got to change up something. Yeah, but that's typically the kiss of death for a coach or yeah. coordinator when they move from one to the other. Yeah, so I think on the wall, Barry's most likely gone by the end of this or at the end of this year. I think so too, and I don't think firing him this week really solves anything. So while it would have been fun, um, don't get me wrong, it would have made a lot of people happy. I'd, I don't know that it really changes the reality for this team for the next couple weeks. I'm going to take one more call before break. Cone, I, I want to continue to, to talk about, because Matt LaFleur did make comments about Joe Barry, and I, I want to address those, but I'm going to let you go and, and get to another caller. Thank you for chiming in. Yeah, absolutely, and let's see if you can address your Cowboys' horrible performance <laughs> yesterday. Uh, thanks, Grant. Yeah. Have a good one. You know, America lost in that 3 o'clock slot yesterday. Not just the Cowboys. I'm not going to say my Cowboys. Um but America lost. I thought we were going to have an awesome game, and the Cowboys just laid an egg on national TV. So a couple comments, and if you're on hold, I'm going to get to you in just a sec, but because Cone mentioned, Matt LaFleur did speak with the media today, and I was interested to see after he had 24 hours or so, after he had had a chance to watch the film, after you have a chance to kind of calm down, get a good night's sleep, what would he have to say about Joe Barry? I don't care what he said last night. I saw a lot of Packers fans were like, oh, he's making excuses. He always says he's got to watch the film. Well, he does. Like, he, he just got off the field. We saw the game, I think, in, in closer detail in, in some parts at home closer than he did. The postgame press conference, cool off about it, okay, Packers fans? He's just up there like a politician to say whatever he needs to say, to not cause any controversy, and to get on into Monday, and to, to get on a plane and get back to Lambeau, or to go home and go to bed right in the case of a, a home game. So don't worry about last night. But today, mentioned communication. Matt LaFleur, this is, I'm reading tweets from Ryan Wood. He's a friend of the show. He comes on with Bill, so I feel okay. I'm not stealing his work. I'm crediting him, but he's kind of framing some of the comments that Matt LaFleur made. He says he'll absolutely take a bigger role in making sure Packers defense improves communication. Quote, I've got to be more present with those guys, making sure we're all on the same page. Says his defensive communication got exposed versus Bucks. I don't know that I want Matt LaFleur needing to allocate more time to making sure the defense communicate. That's not his job. He's the head coach. So ultimately the buck stops with him, but he's got to watch his own bobber and his own bobber is in a pond with a bunch of first year pass catchers, a rota- a literally rotating offensive line series by series and a first year starting quarterback. I don't want him taking any of his attention away from that. If anything, Joe Barry should be volunteering to help the young guys on offense communicate better, not the other way around. Joe Barry's guys are a lot more veterans on that side of the ball. And Joe Barry is more of a veteran coach. He's never been a head coach, but he's been at this is his third stop as a defensive coordinator. Why is Matt LaFleur need to pitch in and, and, and uh, give resources to Joe Barry? I hate that. And Matt LaFleur should realize as that's coming out of his mouth that it's dumb. I don't want Matt. Matt LaFleur's got enough. He's got enough cooks in his own kitchen. Here's another quote. Matt LaFleur says lining up players starts with coaching. When asked why not fire Barry, 
when it didn't happen. Quote, because I've seen us execute this stuff before. It's unfortunate it happened this time of year in such an important game, but I've seen us execute it earlier in the year. Okay. He also said that if I thought it was the best solution today, then we'd make that decision firing Joe Barry. I agree with that. I don't think it serves any purpose to fire Joe Barry today other than, I don't know, give fans something to celebrate. Matt LaFleur reiterates Joe Barry's message to the defense this morning about preventing explosive plays. Quote, I want to say there were 14 explosive plays. That's just far too many. Yeah, especially for a defense that's literally, and I'm using this term correctly, as Kent Davison said in Veep, this defense is literally designed to prevent explosive plays. And they're giving up explosive. So I, I see what Matt LaFleur, I hear what Matt LaFleur is saying at the podium. And yes, it makes sense. But Matt, read your comments back. This guy's not good. This defense is not good. Well, they're not communicating, but I, I got to do my part to help. The hell you do. That's not your job. Well, yeah, they got to limit explosive plays. That's literally, lit. I will use the L word again, literally why you hire Joe Barry is to run a defense that prevents explosives. And that's all they do is give up explosives. So read your comments back. Do you ever get in trouble in school? And you did something dumb, and then, like, the principal in the principal's office made you watch it back on video to see how stupid it was. Just me? That was just me? Okay. Well, that happened to me once. Someone should do that with Matt LaFleur in this press conference. Again, I'm not saying that Joe Barry needs to be canned today, but (laughs) listen to what you're saying, right? Like, the answer will become clear if you read these words back. Listen to your words after they come out of your mouth. It's like watching the film, but for a press conference. 608-321-1670. Thank you for waiting. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Grant, we love the big picture. This is Vagabond John calling in from the streets of Washington, D.C. How are we doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I was hoping that you'd call tonight. Look, before you say whatever you're about to say, Vagabond John, have I not been pretty reasonable with my Joe Barry discourse this year? I've been pretty reasonable. You're, right? Grant, that you are you are a, a radio host that is sometimes reasonable to a fault. So, yes. Yes. You're so, too reasonable. I am not. So, whatever you're about to say... Know that I, for the most part, agree with you. So you don't need to argue with me. Let's talk about Joe Barry and what's going on with this Packers defense. But you don't need to fight with me because, for the most part, I completely understand where you're coming from and even agree with you to a a point. Yeah, I think Matt LaFleur's comments to what you were just saying, they're not designed towards you. They're not designed towards the rational fan. They're designed to the guy like Dave from Monona who's sitting on his recliner with six cans of Miller Lite mostly gone. Wow. With cheese dots dripping from his face onto his body, just sitting there relishing in his filth, swearing at the TV every single time the opponent gets a first down. That's what that is, is comments designed for, because he's exactly right. I know you wanted to throw out some games. You did throw out two of the defense's best games, right? We have a number of losses this year by the Packers mm-hmm. when the opponent scores fewer than 20 points. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I've never been here claiming Joe Barry is a defensive savant. That's not the idea here. The idea here is, are we evaluating coaching fairly? And there's this term that's thrown around all the time. It's called gaslighting. Gaslighting is when someone tells you something that's not really true enough times over and over and over again to the point where you have cone roller calling into this show saying that defense can't have communication issues. They've been together for years. I'm like, so you got Corey Ballantyne, Corey Ballantyne, uh, Rudy Ford, and Jonathan Owens. Can you tell me collectively how many years those guys have played so, together? So played together and played period are two different things. I, I think I think it's – oh. so, so I'm going to let you go. Just very briefly I'll say it's relative, 
right? So the defense has relatively played together longer than these young guys have on off. We're judging that the, these I, sides of the ball against each other played period versus played together. There is a difference. There's more experience collectively defensively. I will say this. There are zero rookies on that offensive line too deep. Even the defensive line's rotating three rookies. You got undrafted guys from practice squads in the secondary. It is a total gaslighting to say that this defense is more veteran and more experienced than the offense. There are zero rookies on the offensive line in the two deep. So I'll leave it with that. You got Kenny Clark. You got Rashawn Gary. These are guys who played Kenny Clark, especially. They play a lot of football. Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell is it? Well, yeah, they're sprinkled in. They're not sprinkled in on offense. That's that's what we're judging these two sides of the ball against each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I guess it's, at what point does someone become a veteran? Because the offense has plenty of three-year guys. But I, it's, it's an argument that's lost. I just think people just make the blanket statement, there's eight first-round picks. I'm like, yeah, if you can tell me that Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and Eric Stokes played like pro bowlers yesterday, we're just going to agree to disagree. Well, Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes is different because he, I mean, the Packers are playing him right now probably to just figure out if he's worth even keeping around because he had an absolutely catastrophic leg injury. Some and another What's thing, that? and back in my John, I'm going to talk about this. We probably won't have time to discuss it together, but maybe we could do it at a different time. You know, you mentioned all of these first round picks. Part of that is on Brian Gudikins to go find the best players totally, but it's draft and develop, right? So Brian Gudikins drafts, and he's not going to hit every pick, but then it's also on the coaching staff, and not just Joe Barry, but his assistants, right, and all the trainers and everyone who's involved with that defense to coach up and develop these guys into players. And I'm not sure that they've totally done the best job of that. It's the develop part of the draft and develop. Yep, and, and to bring Matt LaFleur back into it, he, he did hold Patrick Mahomes to under 100 or under 220 yards or whatever using Carrington Valentine, Anthony Johnson, and a bunch of dudes you've never heard of. So... When you think about the developed side, we have seen some of those late-round guys actually flash. That's the development. These first-round guys, when someone uses the term first-round draft pick, to your boy, Robert Sala, we're not talking about Nick Bosa, two overall. right? We're talking about Mm -hmm. Kenny Clark, like 31st overall. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a difference there, too. But I I, I push back strongly on the notion that this defense is hyper-talented and hyper-veteran. And that's the narrative that's on Twitter. No, I think think this defense is better. And if you look at the season as a whole, this is definitely true. I think the defense is better than they've performed, but not by, like, leaps and bounds. Right? Rex Ryan's on Get Up this morning saying this is one of the best. They have some of the best personnel in the league. That's not true. Now, when they're healthy and complete, sure. But it's not like they were punching teams' lights out when they were healthy and complete earlier this year either i'll end with this uh Mm -hmm. i am excited for the next coach right because i'm excited to take this bit and turn it entirely and i'm excited to be the fat slob with cheese dripping from my face (laughs) and i get to yell at the tv every time the opponent gets the first out because joe barry's given up 30 points three times the last 34 packer games and i guarantee you the next guy's gonna do worse and i can't wait to talk about it appreciate you vagabond john thanks for the call Thanks, buddy. Yeah, have a good one. That's Vagabond John, who has been the notorious Joe Barry defender this year. And I was literally in the grocery store this morning thinking, okay, when Vagabond John calls tonight, because I can't do that. The worst thing in sports is when we're arguing to argue. I don't want to do that. Okay, Vagabond John knows that I, for the most part, am pretty reasonable at Joe Barry. I understand that he's working with scraps on the back end. I, I understand. Okay, but what I was not about to do is get in an argument with Vagabond John, where for the most part we agree, because that's not the best use of anyone's time. So I think that was productive. Let's talk about some of those talking points. Let's talk about what the Packers defense did yesterday. What's wrong with this defense and how they can begin to fix it.
to the point where it's a viable defense that that can compete in games because for the last two well yesterday they couldn't the Giants by and large they couldn't they had a chance to win the game and, and couldn't but the offense wasn't exactly lighting it on fire and special teams didn't help two weeks ago so I'm, I'm trying to be fair uh but to be fair about this defense yesterday is is to be critical so we're going to do that next five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show this is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for being here. A lot of Packers talk. We're going to get a lot of reaction, a lot of calls, a lot of. Uh, a lot of frustration about the Packers losing to the Buccaneers yesterday. I thought they were going to win. I was pretty confident that they were going to win. They end up losing 34-20. to 20 And some parts of this game went the way that I thought they were going to go. So, for example, I thought Jordan Love would be able to do some damage against this team and keep the momentum rolling from the end of the Giants game and from that great stretch against the Lions and against the Chiefs. Jordan Love would be able to make some plays. I thought, you know, they're not going to score on every possession. Tampa Bay's got some players. They got some really, really good players. They're they're instinctive on defense. They're they're hard hitting. They're well coached. Todd Bowles, like when Wink Martindale a week ago, is a really good defensive coordinator. He's the head coach now, but he calls the defense. So I'm not surprised. I mean, the Packers scored around 20 points. Yeah, I could have penciled that in. The Packers pass rush got after it, which was my one big point of prediction in this game. The reason that I felt best about this game, or I guess the one reason that that I felt best of all about this game, is that the Packers' pass rush was embarrassingly absent against the Giants. They should have feasted last Monday night. And not only did they not feast, like they didn't even show up for dinner. Like the the restaurants, like we had a reservation. I don't know. They didn't show. They didn't call. So I guess we'll give the table to... The next one and the Saints, they gave the table to the Saints who absolutely obliterated Tommy DeVito and beat him up to the point he had to leave the game yesterday. So, right. The, re- the, the Packers missed dinner. They missed the reservation. So I thought the Packers pass rush for Sean Gary and Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness and Enigbari and Kenny Clark. I thought they'd show up big time yesterday and they did against Baker Mayfield. Who's not particularly mobile. They got five sacks. But also I, I could not have predicted. I don't know why anyone would have predicted that the Packers got five sacks and only forced one punt. Do you do you know how hard that is to do? That is so, so hard to do. Five sacks. Think of all the second and long, third and long situations before. It didn't matter. They forced one punt. So that's where my analysis, that's where my prediction of this game went south. I expected the offense to look about the way that it did for the Packers. I expected the Packers pass rush to get after Baker Mayfield. They did, and then some. I did not expect for that to not matter at all. (laughs) And it didn't. It did not matter at all. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello, hello? As Ebo would say, going once, going twice. All right, try again. 608-321-1670. Lots of availability, lots of time to talk with you about this game. Here's a stat. I saw this from uh, Badger Noonan. I believe his name is Paul Noonan, but on X, it's Badger Noonan. This is the statistic that that kind of ties together what I was just talking about with the pressure and, and turning the pressure into, well, really nothing because they got five sacks. They didn't get any stops yesterday. The Packers defense has allowed opposing offenses or, or forced 
or, or, or put opposing offenses in second and 20 uh, 11 times this year. So 11 times the Packers pass rush or the Packers defense has created a negative play and put an opponent in second and 20 or more. And in those 11 times, they have allowed a, a gain of 18 plus yards four times. So in almost half, almost half of the situations where they've had second and 20 or more, they've given almost all of that yardage back about half the time. That's that's shocking jarring especially again for a defense that's designed to not give up big plays that's insane 608 321 wisco sports show who's this hello hello yeah i got you this time oh yeah sorry about that okay yeah, i wanted to uh ask a question they talked about the communication breakdown mm-hmm. and well so was that the whole game i mean did they not make any changes is it just emblematic of their whole approach to everything I mean, that's the way it seems. It's like if they're having communication breakdown, then why weren't they fixing it throughout the game? And, you know, it's just the frustration with uh, watching the games all year is just they don't seem to make changes when things aren't working. How many times has Devondre Campbell got to get torched by a wide receiver for them to realize, ah, he, he doesn't have it. He can't, he can't. He can't do this. We should stop matching him up out wide or in the slot against a wide receiver. He's getting cooked. Right? It just, it it just, just didn't adjust. Like such a, just seemed like such a weak excuse to say that the communication was breaking down. And what the follow-up question should have been, what did you do about it? Yeah. Or what or was, what, what gonna, was what done about it? Do about it? Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he, I mean, his, his answer, his answer was, we'll all have to commit more time. You, man, you're the head coach. You don't No, I don't, I don't think that's the right answer. You know what I mean? Well, if, if, yeah, if, uh, they, if an upper level manager in your company was like, Oh, this department over here, uh, they're not they're not doing their job. I, I got to dedicate a lot more to it. No, the, the answer would probably be to hire someone different or to hire someone else to address that. Y- y- the CEO can't handle everything. I don't want Matt LaFleur policing communication on the defensive side of the ball. I just wish whoever asked that question would have pressed them a little bit more to be like, well, what does that look like? Or what are you going to do to improve the communication? If you didn't do it during the game, then what are you going to do next time? You know, why didn't you fix it now? You know, I don't often do this. I think I'm going to play some of this Matt LaFleur presser and we can react because I didn't hear it live. I'm reading comments. I was really busy before four o'clock. So I had time set aside at three o'clock to watch it. And I I didn't get to, I think coming up, I want to play it and we can react to it together. I'm assuming all the juicy stuff about the defense is going to be at the front. So hopefully we don't even have to listen to the whole thing, but um, those are great points. And I I appreciate that call. It, It is a little bit of, well, there's a lack of communication. Okay. So what do we do about that? And I don't think the answer is Matt LaFleur saying, well, I got to be more involved. No, 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 no. That's no. You watch your own, Bobber, buddy. You got you got half of a backfield with a rookie quarterback, a rotating offensive line, and half of your skill position players are hurt. And they're all rookies. They're all rookies or second year players. You you know, you don't have time to go over and and to police defensive. I mean, it's bizarre. It's really, really weird. And I, I, I don't want or expect or need Matt LaFleur to come to the podium today and say, yeah, Joe Barry is really not doing a good job and we're going to let him go at the end of the year, but we're just going to ride it out until then. That might be the reality, but I want Matt LaFleur to sit down and watch this press conference tonight and understand the absurdity of some of the things that are coming out of his mouth. And it's a press conference. It's not an end all be all, but I'm like, dude, you are speaking the answers to the test into existence and then you're still getting the answers on the test wrong, right? You are you are speaking the truth out into the air, and then you're still 
it's very frustrating. Let's take a three-minute break. we got to get in a break before 5 o'clock. I think we are going to listen to some of Matt LaFleur's press conference because I'm actually curious to see how some of this went. I didn't have a chance to hear it. I would imagine lots of you didn't either, so we can react together after 5 o'clock. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got time to get one call in here before we get a break at 5 o'clock. It's funny, I was looking for a stat over this commercial break, and I was going through my Twitter bookmarks. My whole bookmark, it's just endless Joe Barry stats. This hasn't been done in this many years, and this is the worst defensive performance, and that's it's my Twitter bookmarks. It's like a Joe Barry Hall of Fame, or Hall of Shame, just depending on how you look at it. I have, I have so many stats. Maybe we'll put the, the Yakety Sax music on later, and we can read through them together. We got about 60 seconds. Let's get a call in. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, bro. It's Uncle Packer. Uncle Packer. Oh, what do you think? What's up with you? Oh, oh boy. man. Hey, I love that analogy, that that watch your own bobber, buddy. That's a great Wisconsin analogy. That Amen, right? From one fisherman to another. You can appreciate that. Right. I've seen that 100 times. You know, the deal is, is that you're exactly right. He's an offensive-minded coach. We need to get... A defensive coordinator that knows what he's doing. I'm just really frustrated. One time we looked at the best defense in the NFL, and then the next week we looked like we couldn't stop the grandmothers of the poor. It's it's terrible. It's just I was just so frustrated. It's like, dude, your your defense isn't good, and your defensive coordinator isn't good at his job. The answer is not for you to go help him more. That's not how this is supposed no, to work. Yeah, is you're the boss. Get someone in there can do it. They don't do the job. They get somebody else that can. You know, and I think it should be now. I would try some of these younger guys, see how they react, see how the team reacts. Don't wait till the end of the season. But I wanted to say this before I end here. Yep, you got 30 seconds. seconds. Hit me. You know, we are seem like to be injury-riddled teams. Mm-hmm. We seem to have above-average amount of injuries. Who is accountable for that? Is it our training staff? Is it the strength and conditioning people? What... Can they do studies on teams that don't have as many people hurt and find out what's going on? Because we've got millions of dollars of our sound cap on the bench. You're right. You're absolutely right. We've got Wisconsin sports covered. W244DR Fitchburg. WOZN Madison. The Zone. No, Barry has his This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. <sighs> Sorry to chase you off the air like that, Uncle Packer. I hate to do it. You know I hate to do it. I never like to be in a rush. Uh, but we had to break at 5 o'clock. I don't know why our team feels like it's more injured. I think every team and every team's fan base thinks they're the most injured. Like Uncle Packer, I bet if you ask a bunch of other fans of a bunch of other NFL teams, they'd say the same thing. It's like, why are we always the most injured team every year? Everyone's injured all the time. It's football. But this pa- this Packers team, they got a couple things going on, right? They have, like, David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander who are high-level, top-line, top-of-their-position guys who just don't play straight up. 
And then they have a lot of young guys who have also been banged up. And I, you know, part of that is luck. Like Luke Musgrave lacerated his kidney. I'm not saying that there's no way to avoid that, but I feel like if you're going to lacerate your kidney, you're going to lacerate your kidney. I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's a, an, any number of abdominal exercises or stretches that you can do to prevent that. Um, so there have been some some freak injuries. That's one of them. I think it's also probably harder for younger players to stay healthy. And maybe this would be a good thing to ask Mike Clemens or, or someone who's familiar with an NFL locker room and has gone through this a bunch of times. Like, I've covered football for 20 years. I've worked in football for 30, 60, 70 years, right? You'd have that historical knowledge. I would bet that it's harder for younger players to stay healthy because they're figuring out how to do this for the first time, right? They're figuring out how to go through an NFL season, through the ups and downs of a practice week, through the ups and downs of getting rehab for this and traveling for that and short rest on a Monday night game or a Thursday night game and then a mini buy and how do you handle the buy and how do you do, right? So I, I think for a rookie in the NFL, and, and you need to think of this, you know, think of your job. It's not often where, where sports and real life and what we do for our real life job, it's not often that there's parallels, but I think in this instance there is. You know, if you get a new job that has a different schedule and different pay and it's for a different company and you're working for a new boss and you're working with new coworkers, right? It's not just the job that you have to learn. It's how to interact with this person, how to best communicate with that person. And if your schedule is changing as the schedule, you know, for a college athlete and a pro athlete, the schedule remains kind of similar, but but changes a lot on the macro and the big picture because you're not going to school anymore. The season starts and ends at a different time and you know, all these different things, right? You're learning to schedule. You're learning when do I need to do this and when do I get that done and where do I fit in my rehab and where can I fit in this extra thing that I always like to do but now I just got to go over here. You're reorganizing your life. So I know that this is not a precise exact answer, Uncle Packer. I think there's a lot of reasons it feels like the Packers are injured. They have a couple of big name injured players like Jair and David Bakhtiari. And then they have a lot of young guys who have been banged up with this and that throughout the year. And I think that's common for rookies who are adjusting to life in the NFL and trying to figure out their schedule, trying to figure out when to rehab, when to how to best treat this and how to play through this. Right. That's just a process of becoming a professional. And the Packers have a lot of guys on the team that are going through that process. They're figuring out how to be professionals for the first time. Although maybe we need to change that lingo now that we're in the era of NIL. You know, these guys are professionals long before they hit professional sports. So. Maybe we should change that. You get what I mean. 608-321-1670. I want to hear a little bit of Matt LaFleur's presser earlier today because I haven't had a chance to hear it yet. I'm genuinely curious what he had to say about yesterday's game and, and his defense. I want to take some calls as well, too, before we're out of here at 6 o'clock. 321 uh, or 608-321-1670. Excuse me. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, Dan. 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 What's going on? Welcome. Yeah. Yeah, I, you, you, you asked know, like it's it, a question. Your name is Dan, correct? That's a statement. Yeah, yeah. Dan. Normally, yeah, I, you should be on my teleprompter. Your <laughs> your teleprompter thing. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So normally, you know, I don't. I only call in maybe once every couple of months. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Right. Um, what do you think? You Dan? know, well, I, it reminds me kind of. Uh, I don't know if you know Dennis Green is mm-hmm. uh, old uh, Vikings coach. Yeah. Uh, Ended up with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and he had that meltdown, which I suggest everybody watch Dennis Green's uh, 
meltdown about the Bears game when he was a Cardinal coach. And he said, uh, we are what they thought they were. And and I think the Packer fans um, are settling into that where we kind of thought this is where this team is, you know. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it. I think um, as a rookie team, they did really well. Now they're still in it. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. But, you know, if they win two more games, I'm satisfied. At, I mean, Dan, there's a lot of back there's a at, lot of upside. Back at the very beginning of the show, I talked about this a little bit, and, and I said, look, take out the the high point. Take out the Detroit and the Kansas City win. Take out the best wins. And then take out the worst losses, right? Take out that really ugly stretch that they had to fight through, say, against the Lions, the Raiders, and the Broncos. So take out the best and the worst. The rest of the season, if you just look at the rest of the games, is about what you'd expect from a team like this, right? So I'm not telling Packers fans that this isn't disappointing because it looked like they had a great path at the playoffs. But if if you consider everything that this team is going through and the way that they've been built, this is pretty reasonable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, and you know they could they could catch on fire the next three games. Totally, you know, because it's always that old thing. You get into the playoffs, anything can happen. You know, it's kind of like fantasy football. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, but I, but we all kind of realize if they get in, it, it's not probably going to be pretty anyway. And and don't talk to me about draft picks. I don't care. I want to see them win. You know, and and. Hell, the best deal they got was the Jets. The Jets deal, you know, they get the a real low second pick. <laughs> the Packers came way ahead. They, they, oh yeah, they came way ahead on that Jets deal. Well, and the Jets, the Jets got to figure out now this off season, like. I and I don't want to be fair to the Jets here, Dan, because if Aaron Rodgers plays this year, we're probably having different discussions about Nathaniel Hackett and about Alan Lazard and about some of the other things that came to pass in the offseason. But their offense is so bad, so bad without Rodgers out there. I there's there's no reasonable world in which they would bring that coordinator back unless it's Joe Barry with the Packers or Matt LaFleur or, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett. I'm fascinated to see what the Jets do. Uh, on a side note, I'm yeah. really interested. But what's great is we don't have to deal with that money, and we don't have to deal with all the stuff the Jets are going through. Yeah. We've lived and, that. Yeah. <laughs> and, Dan, I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. And uh, yep. uh, not to not to give you a guff at the beginning, I used to have caller ID. I don't have it in my studio anymore, so I'm flying a little blind. But thanks for, for flying with me, Dan. Um, the backers can go into this offseason and make decisions with a clear conscience and they can just make rational, reasonable. I don't think rational is a word, but you get my point. They can just make the decisions that's best for the team. Whereas up until this year, you know, you gotta, oh, what is Rodgers going to think? Is he going to like, yeah, that's the Jets problem now. And the Jets, I mean, it's, it's not just that their offense isn't as good without Rodgers. Obviously it's not. Rodgers is very good, but I mean, they're not a perfect, they're not an NFL offense without him. And with Nathaniel Hackett, um, I'm very interested as a side note. And it's funny you mentioned that, Dan. I wasn't going to mention the Jets today, but since you did, I'm I'm very interested to see what the Jets do this offseason. Let's listen to a little bit of what Matt LaFleur said. So he met with the media at 3 o'clock today. Here's the situation, right? The Packers lose yesterday. 
And Joe Barry's defense is a fire drill. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a competitive game late because the defense couldn't, they could have played that game for another three hours. The Bucks would have kept scoring, right? There was, there wasn't a hope or a prayer with what was going on with that Packers defense. So Malafleur gets to the press conference and they ask him about it. And he kind of gives the company line because, you know, he's fresh off a game. He hasn't seen the film yet. He's emotional, right? You're never going to get anything really well thought out in a post-game presser for the most part. So Packers fans, calm down. He fed you some company line last night, as he should. Here's his presser today. This is from 3 o'clock, so this is about two hours old now, a little bit less than two hours old. So I'm assuming all the Joe Barry questions and answers are at the front. Let's listen to this together, and then we can pause it and react, and we can talk about what he's saying. Did you, uh, did you watch this one last night? You like to watch first by yourself. First of all, Clemens leading off. Love that initiative from our guy, Mike Clemens. That's that's. Let me pause it after four seconds and just give kudos to Mike Clemens. Jump in there, that a boy. Yeah, I watched uh, every phase last night and then came back in early this morning and rewatched it and then watched it with our staff and um, you know same thing showed up and every time I watched it. Just what's disappointing is when you go out there. And it's basic concepts, doesn't matter what phase, but basic install, like day one install. And we have self-inflicted communication errors and guys, quite frankly, not in the right spot. I mean, that, that's, that's tough to watch. And it happened. It wasn't just on defense. There was, there was some plays certainly on offense as well. And, um, and it's unfortunate. It, it, and credit to Tampa. They took advantage of it. Um, going back through, um, um, you know, one thing I'll say about Baker is, I mean, he was letting it rip. He was very decisive and letting it rip. And I know there was a lot of wide open throws, but there were also some tight window throws that he was able to, to, to make the uh, throw, in particular that, that seam versus Tampa too. I mean, Credit to him. He made a hell of a play. So let's pause it after the first question and answer. So he watched the film, and and that was his reaction to what he saw. So the first part is it's really disheartening to see day one install stuff being messed up. Yeah, yeah, that frustrate me too. Uh, Yeah, I I think that's some of the frustration with Joe Barry and with that defense. Um, There were plays where there were multiple guys open. That touchdown to Mike Evans where he cooked Eric Stokes. It looked like the same. It might have been the same corner of the end zone, or it was inverted in the other end zone, the opposite end zone from the the corner where Mike Evans scored over Kevin King in the NFC Championship game, the one where like Kevin King jumped for the ball like an hour before the ball got there. <laughs> like that, that ridiculous play. It, it was uh, the same type of route, except the route on the other side of the field was also open. So, yeah, I, I would be frustrated, Matt. That's why everyone's frustrated. Um, I, I love... I love after a loss when Matt LaFleur is like, you know, you give credit to Baker Mayfield, he he can rip it. It's like, yeah, he's a competent NFL quarterback. Yeah, a competent NFL quarterback will throw for 350 yards if a defense is that bad. That'll happen. My favorite is they play a team with a real defensive coordinator like Todd Bowles or uh, like uh, who's the guy who coaches for the Giants? Wink Martindale. I was going to say Marty Morningwig, but I'm like, that's not it. It's something similar to that. It's uh, uh, Wink Martindale. It's like, man, he 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 schemed us up. He he was great. It's like, yeah, other teams have defensive coordinators that can do that. 
Whereas we're worried about our defensive coordinator getting his guys to stand in the right spot on the field. Give credit to them. Well, yeah, they have an actual guy who's halfway decent at his job. (laughs) You're allowed to also pursue one of those uh, if you ever wish to, if if that's something that ever interests you. Okay, next question and answer. Is is Joe going to remain your DC, your your play caller for the rest of the season? Yeah, that is the plan. Why do you think he puts your defense in the best position to win these couple games? Well, like I said, I mean, this is not – if I thought that that was the best solution – today then you'd we'd make that decision but um Hmm. when you're having basic communication problems and you're supposed to be in a certain coverage or a certain rotation and we're not getting that communication that that's what's so disappointing to me is the fact that it was just it was poor communication and it, it always starts with us i mean as it starts with myself and then it goes to all our assistant coaches. So obviously the coaching wasn't up to, up to the standard and then our performance on the field uh, definitely. <laughs> this is um, as well. This is just so ridiculous. Oh, uh, like Van LaFleur can do, you can do what you want. Like, I don't think it, it best serves this team to fire Joe Barry today, but the absurdity of this question and answer, it's like, so are you going to keep Joe Barry the rest of the year? Yes. Uh, why do you think that's the best idea? It's like, look, if I thought it was going to help our team to get rid of Joe Barry, I would have done it. All right, let's just make that clear. It's just really frustrating because our guys aren't communicating and, and they're not in the right spot. And, and and then when they are, they're not executing. It's like, Matt, we know we watch the game. That's why we're a- that's why we're asking you. It's like it's like imagine you have a buddy, okay? You have a friend. Let's role play a little bit. And they call you on the phone. Say it's, it's our buddy Mike. Let's say. And I'm answering the phone here. Hey, Mike, what's going on? And then Mike says, oh, Grant, my, my girlfriend of, uh, of a 10, or 10 or 11 months, we're really going through it, trying to figure out if we should stay together. Oh, Mike, that sounds terrible. Well, well, tell me about it. I'm all ears. Vent, vent away. What, what, do you need? what do you need? And then Mike goes, well, Grant, she, um, I mean, she, she, she's been sneaking around with other guys. I always see her texting other guys. Um, she she just doesn't really pay attention to me. She's not she's not communicative uh, with our feelings. It feels like there's a wall between us. Um, I, I you know we haven't made love in in three months. There's no physical connection. There's certainly no emotional connection. Um, and she's mean to me. And I'd go, oh Mike, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Do you really think it's best if you two stay together? It doesn't sound like you're happy. And then Mike goes, well look, if I if I thought it was what's best for us to to break up. I, I'd do it. I'd call. I'd call it off. I'd tell her that, that we need to be done. And I'd go, oh, uh, okay. And then unprompted, Mike goes, yeah, she's just such a jerk, and I can't stand being with her. She's just the worst, and she expects me to pay for everything. And the other night, she, I heard her late at night on the phone with another guy, and I'd be like, you, you just told me. I just asked if you should still be together. And you said yes. And then you keep going on and on about telling me about reasons why it sounds like it'd be a great reason for you to break up. Like, dude, you can stay with the awful girlfriend if you want, but then you don't get to complain to me about it. Matt LaFleur 
You can employ Joe Barry as long as your heart desires, but then don't stand up there at the podium and bitch about communication issues and execution issues and and, and schematic issues and alignment issues. It's like, is there anything you actually like about the guy? Because every word that comes out of your mouth at the podium is nothing but complaints. And yet, we're, we're the irrational ones for suggesting that maybe you guys should part ways. Don't put that on me, Matt LaFleur. Don't say that I'm, I know fan is short for fanatic, but Jesus. My God, it's like you can continue to employ him, but it sounds really stupid then when you get to the podium and you complain about all of the things that we point out as good reasons why maybe you shouldn't continue to employ him. It just doesn't make sense. It's mad. It's madness. It really is. Let's take a call. Then we'll take a break. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, This is John. John, where are you calling from, John? I'm curious. I'm calling from... um... I work in the Chippewa area, but I'm actually on my way home. Oh, hell yeah. First time I've ever called in the show. Well, it's nice to meet you, John. Um, what, actually, what do you think about all this? Um, well, I I would say that Joe Barry should be fired. He should have been fired at the end of last season. Um, one quick example I would use, I'm actually a diehard Browns fan. Okay. I live in Wisconsin. I just moved here about two years ago. Oh. Diehard Browns fan. Um, I love the Packers, too, though. Um, simple thing I would say is this. Browns defense for the last 10 years has been terrible. We had great talent last season, and we were awful. This year, we got Mitchell Schwartz as our coordinator, and we're like a completely new defense. Mm-hmm. Up in teams, we can do all kinds of great things. I know the stats off the top of my head, but I follow them. Point is, is the Packers defense has talent, but you don't know unless if you switch out the coordinator. My opinion is, yeah, you the Packers have a lot of injuries. That's true. Jair Jaren's out, Bacciari's out. You know, there's nucleuses of talent that aren't there. But you have a right coordinator who can plug in players the right way. I would credit the Browns defensive coordinator has used players in ways I would never have thought. Now we're like a top 10 defense in the NFL. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, you know? and through the first part of the year, weren't you guys like historically great? Like all-time great with some of the numbers? Sound like Rosillo. Some of the numbers. I mean, there were some great ones, but in terms of great defenses, the Browns haven't had a great defense for a long time. Long time, I, I, you know, so... That's my take. I would say fire Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur should just cut to the chase. I, if you have nothing to lose, let him go now. What, what, what do you gain by keeping him? Well, yeah, and I, and I would, yeah, I would tend to agree. Uh, and I appreciate you, John. Let's make this a more regular thing, okay? We, we let's talk a little bit more. It's a nice commute after work out of Chippewa. It's perfect to call a sports radio show. Um, I, I don't know if they've reached nothing to lose territory. I don't know that there's a ton to gain by firing him. Um. For this team specifically, like, I also want to get rid of his entire staff. I mostly want to get rid of his entire staff. Like, that that's really, for me, <laughs> I, I want everyone gone. I love. I think Matt LaFleur is a very good coach. If he does nothing at the end of this year and retains, by and large, a lot of the staff, then he'll get what he deserves, and I, I think less of him. I think Matt LaFleur is great. I think this team, this franchise needs a complete and total defensive overhaul. 
I think a coach that has a different feel to change the culture, to change the vibe. I think you need different coaches at every position to change how they're teaching and developing these young players because I'm sick of first-round picks coming in and being, for the most part, fine and, and never really getting much more than fine outside of a couple players here and there. It's draft and develop. I would like some more development. Right, so I I I want it all. I want a brand new start over, and I want to completely change how we think about defense in Green Bay. And John mentioned the Browns. I'll mention the Vikings. Last year, were coordinated by um oh what's his nuts? I can picture his face when I close my eyes. Ed um the someone other. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, and Kevin O'Connell, after one year, moves off of him, goes and gets Brian Flores, who is available for anyone to go interview. <laughs> Matt LaFleur just could have given him a phone call if you had a vacancy. And the Vikings look awesome. The culture has changed. The perception on lots of players. Ed Donatel, that's it. Everything's changed. You just swapped out the coordinator. And I'm not saying the Packers are all of a sudden in elite defense next year. But ideally, week one next year, it feels different. The culture is different. They play different with a different attitude. They need that. This defense has been a joke for far too long. Tom Capers to Mike Pettin to Joe Barry. Let's get something different. Let's do something different. And that starts from scratch at the end of the year. It's fine. They don't do it today. Fine. We'll keep talking about this Wisco Sports Show, but we got to take a three-minute break. We're back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you hanging out. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. I got a couple of tweets here to read. Steven says, Grant, what is the show's phone number? You know what, Steve? I'm actually going to tweet that back at you. It is 608-321-1670. Sent. Uh, Vagamon John says, Joe Barry should just coach Kingsley Enigbari into Miles Garrett. John and Chippewa on the Wisco Sports Show. That's why are you always arguing in bad faith, Vagabond John? Again, for the most part, I agree with you. This isn't all Joe Barry's fault. But also, I wouldn't mind Rashawn Gary being coached into Miles Garrett or something closer to Miles Garrett. That's almost what they're paying him to be, not quite. Again, I'll argue in good faith. I could say, well, they're paying him Miles Garrett money, but they're not. So I'll draw that line in the sand, unlike you. Why Enigbari? Why use that example? It's not like Miles Garrett just showed up in Cleveland this year, he's been there. But Cleveland's defense got special this year. Why? I don't know. New coordinator, new culture, things outside of just Miles Garrett. Vagabond John. We got Jeff tweets in and says draft and develop equals giving Goot an excuse to avoid any fault in the current state of the Packers. No, I don't think so. No, I I, I think, first of all, I think Goody's done so much. I think this last draft was as close to a home run draft as you can get. Like, they got four or five skill position players who can straight-up play. Um, and we'll see with Lucas Van Ness, obviously. We love taking that we'll-see approach to the first-round pick. Here's the thing, Jeff. If you're going to draft athletes and you're going to draft guys who project well, and that's what they did with Gary, and that's what, excuse me, that's what they did with Van Ness, that's what they've done with others, then it's even extra important. It's more important to have a coaching staff that you think can develop a guy and mold him into a player. Draft and develop does not end with draft, right? That's not to say that Brian Gutekind holds no responsibility for the players once they get into the NFL. Of course he does. 
right? There's good players, there's bad players. You need to draft more good players than bad players. But it's also coaches to kind of mold those guys and to turn them into players that work in that scheme and to work with the players that are already there and to work those players into the, the players that they need. I, I don't feel real confident that that's going on in Green Bay because the sum of the parts is not adding up to the investment. I don't think that's the expression, but if you take all the individual investments that the Packers have made in this defense, it's like, what do we, we got to show for it? It should be more than this. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? All right. Line number two, we go. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Hey, it's Ed McClellan. How are you doing, Brad? Howdy, Ed. Was it you and me that were talking about uh, Dontavian Wicks and Romeo Dobbs last week? I can't remember. Yeah, it was. It was. I gave you a hypothetical, and you gave me one back. Yeah, I, I just love Wicks, man. I was thinking about that conversation yesterday. I, if we were to do a trust tree, maybe we'll do that tomorrow. A skill position player trust tree. Wicks is, if he's not at the top, he's right there, Ed. He's right there. Nate, you're going to make me jump my, my conversational topics because that was going to be the last thing I talked about. Oh, really? Uh, he's the best receiver on the team. You talked me into it. He's the best receiver on the team. And I say that because Christian Watson isn't healthy. And, I mean, him and Jaden Reed, are, I think, are right there. But I give I give your boy the edge because of what he did uh, on a few of those catches. Like, two catches in particular where he manufactured five, seven, eight yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had two or three guys on him, Grant. And he's just shaking him off. And he catches the ball. He makes sure he catches the ball. He's not, like, looking ahead before he catches it. He secures it, and then he's two, three steps ahead of these guys. He's explosive, dynamic, all those words you want to throw out there. He's all of it. And he's got a high ankle right now to some degree. I don't know how bad. Obviously, he's playing, so it must not be that bad, but he's not healthy. Like he has a high ankle sprain as of last week, and he's out there playing, and he's doing all that yards after the catch stuff. He's just doing so many different things that this offense needs. He's awesome. Yeah, and him, him and um, Jaden Reed, I think, next year are, are going to be like Jamar Chase and Higgins, uh, T. Higgins. You know, that kind of gobble. You know, know, maybe not at that high level yet, but they're, that's what they kind of like. They're making me project out. I just want Christian Watson to be healthy, man. This team's so fun yeah. when he's out there, and it makes such a difference, and it just sucks when he's not playing. It does, and that's just it. Like, if you have those two guys, Wicks and Reed, playing like they're playing, and then you add somebody like Watson who can take the top off, that's going to be really hard to defend. Um, just real quick about the, the defense. Like, I thought there was a lot of positives there. We had five sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Five sacks, a strip sack by Henry Barr. It was a great play. Uh, Mayfield did us a favor by holding on to it a little too long. And by and large, I thought we did a good job against the run. And so it's like we did all that. We get to third and seven, third and 11, and then just leave, you know, the land for sale across signs across the middle of the field. It's kind of like, you know, as, as far as analogies go, I know you like analogies. That's kind of like saying you're going to fix your car put all the work in, put new pads, new rotors, make it all nice, and then just decide I'm not going to put the tires on. That'd be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, you know, deciding that we're going to put all this money into our car and we're going to make this big investment, and then we take it to a shop that doesn't know what they're doing. And, I again, I, a lot of people yeah. would tell you that Joe Barry has a ton of talent on this defense. That's not true right now. He has some... I, 
I, I, I, he's got more talent than we saw yesterday, right? Because if you get five sacks, you got to you got to be able to do a little bit more than you did yesterday. Like they gave up five sacks, they've somehow forced only one punt. I don't understand how that's possible. I, I just don't understand how you could do that. Yeah, and you said a few weeks ago, like I don't know how he's getting by with this. I don't know how this defensive scheme that Barry is working this man not break. And well, it broke. It's not working anymore. Yeah, maybe I just, maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. I appreciate you, Ed. Uh, can we do a yeah. wide receiver trust tree tomorrow? Yeah, sounds good. All right. I love a truster. You have a good night, Ed. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I want to sit down and list the order in which I trust all these guys. Because Wicks, if he's not one, man, he's... This guy's, this guy's awesome. And we were talking last week. I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday. I felt like it was later on in the week. You know, I I, I trust Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks on the same level right now. It's really no shade at Dobbs. I just thought maybe there'd be another level that he could reach this year. And he's been he's been good. Wicks, every week, he, he does something that makes me go, wow. He's catch, catch, catch. He's always, he's always involved. He's always open. And he's always doing something once the ball's in his hands. It's really impressive. 608-321-1670. Take a couple more calls, and we'll take a break. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Ridge Runner Mark, how are we doing, sir? I'm doing great, Ridge Runner Mark. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Um, just to riff off of your, your wide receiver uh, trust tree, because mm-hmm. I had something else that uh, I like what you're saying. I think one thing we, we might notice is we're still in year one or two with these receivers. And I think I think what you might see next year, I might I think you might see Wicks fall back a little bit like Romeo has this year. And you'll see Romeo step up or another one step up. I think we're never going to have uh, a real consistent curve necessarily mm-hmm. until after year three. After year three, you're either going to see what they're going to be or you got to cut them and move on. Well, and I guess you could say that about Watson, too. It's like if he gets through this yeah, year and oh, then has an amazing year next year, okay. But if we come right. back next year and right. he's missing half the games of the ham, that's just kind of who you are. Right, and is that something you're willing to live with? Because I kind of am. If we have two or three other receivers that are at least a number two or possibly could be number one somewhere else, I'm okay with that because then you can cycle people in. You know, just to, to go off topic, Aaron Jones, I love the fact that he's playing now. Because when he was running yesterday, he was running like it's only game three of the season and he's not beat up and he Mm -hmm. don't care. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect to have at this time of year. So, you know, blessing in disguise that he was hurt for half the season. Um, Joe Barry. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. I have been defending that guy and I still will. Only so much. He needs to go change for the sake of change. You know, there is no value to letting him go right now. But Matt LaFleur can't just say that. So he's got to harp sure. on the communication thing because that's the obvious thing to point out and say, okay, everybody, calm down. This is the problem. We're probably going to get rid of Joe. But he can't say that. I will say injuries do him no favors. His defense relies on everybody knowing what to do, everybody doing everything, and having and, and just being in place. And as soon as you start throwing in something different to the mix, Think about it. Stokes hasn't played all year. Maybe he was the problem because communication was thrown off because mm-hmm. he hasn't been out there all year. They played him a lot so of snaps, too. And that's that's the flaw in his system is that it has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, it looks like a dumpster fire. Sure. There's probably great concepts between within what he's doing and what he's talking about. And I bet he has buy-in with the players. 
it's not like you're hearing them going, well, you know, I guess I guess our defense sucks. They've been they've been frustrated as well, but they've kind of pointed at themselves. So I think they buy into what Joe Barry is saying, but his defense is flawed because it has to be perfect to work really well. We've had a lot of great numbers, and this was what the second game they've allowed more than thirty points. I yeah. want to say all season. Yeah, and I that's something to hang the head on, but we reached that butt stage where yeah, he gotta go. Well, with the schedule, like, they're, they're playing a third-place schedule, so there's no Eagles, there's no Cowboys, there's no Niners, right? I would be interested to see if you took this defense and this team and you gave them a first-place mm-hmm. schedule, what the points per game would look like. That's a hypothetical, so we don't really need to get into That's it. I, I only care so much about points per game. You know, you said this defense needs to be perfect. I'll add in another thing, Ridge Runner Mark, in that this defense requires the opposing offense to make a mistake to work, right? Uh, taking a sack, throwing a pick, fumbling like we saw with Mahomes and with Jared Goff. The problem is yesterday is they, they got the mistakes. They got five sacks, which means five times yep. the Bucks were behind the sticks yesterday, and it didn't yep. matter at all. You're right. You're right, because I was saying throughout the game, man, as long as they can get pressure on them, then that kind of alleviates things in the back end. But that wasn't true every time they needed a third down reception of 7 or 11 yards, and they freaking got it. So I hear, I hear you there. You're right. Um, I just, man, they need, they do need a different voice. It'd be, yeah. They don't, they don't need a new voice. They, they need a, they need a new everything. Every single position coach, every single consultant, every single, everything needs to be brand new. Uh, Agreed. That's what I mean by different voice. From top to bottom on the defensive side of the ball, they need to bring someone in who can just, and maybe it's someone who can still build off of what Joe De- does, so we're not completely starting over. And then we can make we so we don't have to make the excuse. Well, give them a year to figure it out. No, no, no. Let's find something that the players can buy into right away. They can do it right away, and they can just take off and kind of build off what the successes of this year without the dumb mistakes. I mean, that would be ideal. Yeah. yeah, I would like to do that as well. I'm going to let you go, Ridge Runner Mark. You have an awesome night. Thank you. As always, take care. Um, There's a lot to do today on sports radio and on Twitter. It's like, well, you know, with scheme, 3-4 or 4-3. Does it matter? (laughs) Does it matter? It's like we got a couple edge rushers. We got a good defensive lineman, Quay Walker. Other than that, we don't have anything right now. You're telling me that somehow that roster is is scheme dependent moving forward? I'm sorry. I (laughs) I don't buy into that for a sec. It's like, well, I don't know. We can't, we can't change schemes. Otherwise, where's Kenny Clark going to line up? I don't know. Somewhere on the defensive somewhere on the defensive line. Is that... I, I don't know. What's Quay Walker going to... I don't play linebacker. He's one of three or one of four. He is one. You need three or four others. You need an all-new defensive backfield because I, I don't know what's going on with Jair, but you need new safeties. Uh, scheme dependent. We can worry about scheme uh, after we have some good players. It'll be okay. We'll be okay. Five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for hanging out. Bucks play tonight? No. Back tomorrow night, I believe. Let me double check. They don't have three games in a row. They played Saturday night. They played last night. Saw that Victor Wembenyama is going to be out of this upcoming matchup with the Bucks, but that is, yes, tomorrow. 
Uh, they'll be at home against San Antonio. I was there on Saturday, and it was a really fun game. God, the Pistons are... How are they so bad? Speaking of putting high draft capital into a team over and over again and getting no results, ladies and gentlemen, the Detroit Pistons. Joe Harris, by the way, on the Pistons now. Uh, I realized that also Kevin Knox... We're sitting in the third quarter, you know, four neutral vodka seltzers deep because that's the that's the most reasonably priced, heaviest liquor drink you can get there. I don't want to drink beer. I just get the burps and the hiccups, and that's no fun. No one wants to have the hiccups in an NBA game. You know, three vodka seltzers in, and are like, hey, Joe Harris is on this team. Who, who knew? Look at that. There are a bunch of guys on the Pistons. Like, the Pistons are bad, bad. Uh, so the Bucks back tomorrow night. Monday night football, Geno Smith is active. We're not really sure Jalen Hurts is under the weather, so we'll see if he ends up playing uh, or not Monday Night Football. An important game in the NFC because if the Eagles lose, man, the 49ers have to be sitting back thinking, we we got this. Dallas got clocked by the Bills yesterday. The Eagles are struggling. They're banged up. And then if they lose in Seattle, the Niners have got to be feeling like the path is paved. But then in the NFL, as soon as you think that the path is paved and you got it made, that's when the bottom drops out. We thought the Packers had a paved path. Pat, paved path. Paved, we thought they had a PP, a paved path. Uh, and then they go ahead and lose the next two to Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield. Defense can't get stops, and the offense just not at a point where it can win in a shootout yet, which was the same situation in 2008, interestingly enough, with Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love yesterday, a Jordan Love stat. We haven't talked much about him. 24-28 for 214 yards and a touchdown from a clean pocket. That's nice. You're given a clean pocket. The pressure is kept off of you. Can you sit there and can you run the offense and deliver? And for the most part, be very accurate. And yesterday, that was true. Again, we need to see more of that. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric on I-90. God, not a better way to start the show. Did you hear we were talking about your guy, uh, Ed Donatel, earlier on in the show? Did you catch that? I did. I did catch that. And uh, he's a really good example. I mean... Uh, Vikes made the playoff last year and fired him right away. Yeah, like, log- they probably would have done it before the playoff game if they could have, but logistically that would have been right. difficult. There, there was there's no questions asked or answered about the future of, of the team after that playoff loss. They said, nope, we're going in a different direction. Cut and dry. Right. Done, done deal. Mm-hmm. And, and the Packers are going to do the same thing, right? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, yes, all he does, Eric, you here on, on these shows that you listen to, we play clips of Matt LaFleur. All he does is talk about all the things that Joe Barry's defense is bad at and all the ways that he's getting out coached and all the ways that he's frustrated. He he sees it, too. Right. You know, this is, and this is just random thoughts. It just came to my no. mind. You know, communication is the big <laughs> The big blame here is communication, right? Mm-hmm. According to LePew. Yeah, that's what he said. Um, geez, who is your main communicator out there on the field? Ooh, I think it's Quay Walker, but Devondre Campbell's worn the, the green dot on the helmet as well. It would be those two linebackers, I'd guess. Yeah. Right. Is Quay Walker the sharpest stick in the bunch? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I don't Correct. know. I don't I don't know. I know that I know that the guy is very emotional, and what I find when people are real emotional, they don't generally get things straight, sure, and don't make the best decisions. But that's just a random thought. Interesting. Oh, no, it could be part of it. Uh, well, Matt Lafleur is going to get to the bottom of it because he's going to get real involved with the defense, which to me sounds like a terrible idea. But we'll see. Well, if you 
can have the best idea in the world, and if you can't communicate it, it's useless. Yeah, well, that's well, and we're all about communication. That should be the lesson of tonight's show. Nothing goes well, nothing's accomplished if if it's not communicated well, Eric. Right. Well, right. if you guys think you guys got, if you guys think the Packers got problems, you should be a Vikings fan. Oh. Huh? We threw the shortest interception in the history of the NFL. <laughs> but I want him back in. You know. Mullen Camp, he brought some excitement to the game. Mullen Camp. Nick Mullins? He did. Yeah, Nick Mullen Camp. Nick Cougar Mullen Camp. Rain on the scarecrow. Oh, my God. Blood on the plow. Are you you a John Cougar Mullen Camp fan? Do you have a favorite song? I'm curious. I know you like Pink Floyd. That's about Uh, all I know. I call him John Cougar Menstrual Cramp. (laughs) I don't like him one bit. Uh, Good to know. Rain on the scarecrow. Blood on the plow. Winning's just a memory for you now. That's that's the song we're singing. Oh, my God. You know, you know Dave from Monona on the morning show this morning, you guys both have a way with uh, nicknames. He called Devondre Campbell, Devondre Campbell Soup. Uh, right. Which I love Campbell Soup, but I get the insult. I see why it works. I love it. I, I love it. Uh, no, I, I think Nick Mullins actually did pretty good. He actually... You know, there was a couple times where I'm like, don't throw it. He did, and it was a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know? So, well, and we'll the issue we'll for your Vikings wasn't necessarily your quarterback, um, at least not given that he's a backup, especially not. It's that the defense, which has been so good, all of a sudden had a bad quarter and cost you guys the game at the end. Uh, we can we can place this right at the right at the front door of Kevin O'Connell, this loss, mm. uh, without a doubt. Um Oh, yeah, definitely. Interesting. And, oh, yeah, he was down there in field goal range, had Mullenkamp out there. He could have ran the ball three times. Hey, we had a guy run for over 100 yards. Uh, he could run three times, kick the field goal. Um, you know, three quarterback. I, you can't even call it sneaks after the second and third time because nobody's sneaking. Um, <laughs> there was nothing sneaky about that. Yeah. Uh, quarterback fails. Uh, that was three times in a row that that, you know, you might as well try to kick the long field goal then. You know, there was, and that would that would have been a game winner if the, you know, it's neither here nor there because the game's well, over with. We lost, we deal with it, right? That T. Higgins, I, I got to tell you, Eric, and I, I don't mean to rub in that, that result on Saturday afternoon. I was at the bar before the Bucks game. We were down there on Water Street, and that T. Higgins catch, and that touchdown is one of the best plays I've seen all year. I mean, that was just absurd. Right. It was. It really was. I mean, field awareness, great catch, had a, had a, had a good defensive back on him, mm-hmm. had position, mm-hmm. should have been able to break that up, and and they didn't. So, man, oh, I can't wait till I can't wait till this coming week. We're going to go stomp Detroit. We're going to stomp them. I think we're going to stomp them. You guys should beat the Panthers. I would think there's. God, they I couldn't even get people in the in the stadium. God, I hope. Right? I mean, it should be full of Packer fans. Yeah, so, tickets should just be a couple bucks. Go down there. Packers fans would probably drive the price up. Honestly, they were seven dollars a ticket. And they couldn't sell them. Yeah, I don't know that I'd want to go sit outside and watch those two teams attempt to play football for three hours yeah my couch eric you know a couch and a television that's not not much better it's hard to beat that yeah even if it's a great team and a great game i'd much rather watch it at home that's what i'm saying got my snacks i don't have to drive back afterwards i don't have to pee next to a bunch of 
big, drunk, stinky, fat men. No. Save me, save me with all that. Right. Uh, every once in a while, but I'm with you. Eric, I got to get one final break in. Uh, anything else you want to add before you go? Nothing that takes a short amount of time, Grant. You have a good night. <laughs> we'll t- we'll talk again before uh, before Christmas. You have a good night too, Eric. John Cougar menstrual cramps. It's just so funny watching the process of both Eric and Dave from Monona. They're such different people, such different callers, and they come up with nicknames. They have their own artistic process, but they're they're both just absolute masters at it. I mean, it's art. Let's take a break. One final three minute break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We only got about 30 seconds left. I'm just going to be thinking about John Cougar menstrual camp the rest of the night. The rest of the night. John Cougar menstrual cramp. Eric, you're a visionary. You really are. Tomorrow, Mike Clemens will be on the show. We'll maybe break down some more detailed numbers of Joe Barry's defense, what the Packers can do going into this offseason to have a viable competitive defense and to change the perception around the Packers' defense. So it's not a joke anymore. Plus, wide receiver trust tree. Can't wait to do that tomorrow. Have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow at 4.